friends and brothers. This is Justin Jones, the founder and uh, co-host of the Masonic Improvement Movement. Uh, I'm joined here with my executive assistant, Dennis Yates. He thinks he's the chief of staff, but everybody knows where the talent lies in this organization. So we'll just leave it at that. And I, I want to state with with all sincerity, all excitement, and and uh, let you know where the real talent is on this show. Uh, we'd like to. I'd like to introduce our guest, Brother Caesar Rubio. He has a a podcast as well called Masonic Muscle, and uh, and he's not talking about muscling his weight in, you know, and and pushing people around. He's talking about you know staying fit, staying healthy. You know, we're supposed to be learning about our mind, our temple, and, and taking care of our mind, conscious body. You know, our, our body is our temple, so, you know, he's all about it, and uh, we're very excited about, about this show. Thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, yes, so uh, I, I've actually listened to a few episodes of your show, and uh, I've scrolled through uh, just a reminder to the episodes that I hadn't had a chance to get to yet. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm really digging it, man. I'm really <laughs> digging it. Uh, before we, before we dive into your podcast, um, let's find out a little bit about the, the man behind the mic. Uh, tell us about, tell us about yourself, please. Uh, well, my Masonic journey or uh, me in general? Let's start with just you in general. And, and I'm sure that will probably lead inevitably into okay. the Masonic let, let the folks know where you are. Let, let the yeah. folks know where you are and what you're about. Yeah, so I'm down here in uh, Indio, California. I'm 20 minutes away from Palm Springs, California, so Southern California. We've been having a major heat wave uh, and also a lot of uh, precipitation, a lot of rain. And I've, I've been watching the news. You guys have been getting bombarded over there in Texas, mm -hmm. in certain parts of Texas. But not, we haven't really. been getting hit like that, but we've been getting hit. So I grew up, I was born and raised over here. Um, you know, my parents are from Mexico. Well, my, my dad is, he came over here at, at age 20, uh, was a boxer. He boxed for a long time, working the construction. He's actually a, a cement Mason. Uh, so when he started hearing oh, about Freemasonry, yeah, he would tell me, Hey son, I'm already a Mason. You know, he's, he's, he was a Finnish, <laughs> he was a Finnish cement Mason, uh, for, for a long time. And he was uh, working in a union, you know, he was a union Mason as well. Uh, so anyways, I played, uh, I started playing baseball at 12. Uh, you know, I really, really enjoyed the, the competition, the challenge to improve. And then as I started to, uh, you know, attend school, every time, uh, we would, uh, you know, our class would go to the library. I would always go to the mystery parts, you know, the books on Bigfoot, the books on UFOs. Yeah. And I've noticed that in a lot of these podcasts, yes. a lot of yes. us did the same thing, you know. So those are the ones I would go for, and I would read those. I would actually read the little stories, little captions, and uh, the Loch Ness Monster and all that. Those were the ones that I really, really, you know, was uh, uh, gravitated towards. And then uh, when I joined high school, I was uh, I played uh, football and baseball. I fell in love with football, American football. I put on the pads. I was a slot receiver. And to this day, you know, NFL football is big in my life because I got to appreciate how week, two a days. Uh, the coach, our coach, was a big uh, Vince Lombardi uh, fan. So we would get all the Vince Lombardi cliches and statements and 
you know, everything. We didn't know what the hell he was talking about two years later. Uh, well, Vince Lombardi, okay, that's who he is. And then um, somewhere around, um, I don't know, about 24, 25, I began to really delve into other books. And the book that really uh, got my attention uh, or got on the radar for Freemason, uh, as far as Freemason is concerned, is The Sign and the Seal, written by Graham Hancock. You know, they were in the search of where is the Ark of the Covenant? Who has it? He ended up in Ethiopia. He ended up talking to those priests. But um, in the second half of that book, because it's a giant book. I mean, this book is like 500 pages. And in the second half of that book, he begins to mention the Freemasons and how the Freemasons, you know, were involved in the building of King Solomon's Temple and the, the Knights Templars. He began to try to make a connection mm -hmm. between the two and how, you know, maybe... Uh, the in the inner in inner sanctums of Freemasonry, they may have a notion of where the Ark of the Covenant is. They might not know where it's at, but you know. So I kept reading. That wasn't my focus. I kept reading books, and I kept coming upon this Freemasonry and Freemasonry. And somewhere around uh, 2000, in one of my jobs, I was driving out to deliver mail in Palm Springs, and on the way back, I saw a building with the square and compass. And uh, after a few months of, uh, you know, debating in my head, should I go knock on the door? <laughs> I went to go knock on the door. And there I met John Abernathy, the then secretary. He has passed away, um, you know, a few years ago. And um, that's how my journey started in Freemasonry. That's a, and that's a little bit about me, you know, in a nutshell. Very nice. First, first and foremost, I want to say kudos to your dad. You know, hmm. that's, some, that's some real work right there. And, and I know it because I love it and I, I do it myself with, with my rent properties and stuff. I work on all of that stuff myself and I, I love Mason. I, I love working with, with tile, flooring, you know, whatever, bricks, brick laying, you know, cement, you know, whatever it is, man, it's, it's an art. It's an art and a science. And it's very cool. Very cool. My hat's off to your dad. Thank you. Dad. And, um, and you kind of answered the first question really as to what brought you to Freemasonry. So let, let me ask you this. When you, when you made your journey, when they, they finally said, okay, come on in, sir, and, uh, and, and you knocked on the door, how did your expectations, uh, how were they met? How, what kind of expectations did you have and did you, did you feel like they were met? Uh, no. When you open the uh, door. No, um, uh, they were not met. And you know what? I had been spoiled because of the books I had read. Inadvertently, I read um, uh, um, With a Sign and the Seal, you know, which put a lot of mystery, you know, in oh, yeah. the fraternity oh, yeah. of Freemasonry. Then I read um, um, William Win Wilmhurst's um, The Meaning of Masonry, which put even more mystery, you know, and that what we're uh supposed to be studying in a lodge room and then i read um the hiram key mm -hmm. you know which put even like a deeper mystery so when i went there i mean the guys the guys had been world war ii vets korean war two you know korean war vets and they were like in their ritual they were precise but as far as right, masonic right. education my expectations were not met uh not even close but was there etiquette yes was there standards Yes. And, you know, they would, I was 28 years old and the next youngest was 50 something. And then the next youngest was 80 something. That right. Was, uh, right. Yeah. 
So uh, that's pretty common. That's pretty it was, common. It was hard to, I think, meet my expectations as a 28 year old who had read all these books on Freemasonry um, and thinking that once we joined, we were going to get into it, you know, and begin to break these uh, these mysteries down and help me to understand in a group type setting. So no, they they, they were not met in all honesty. Uh, but looking back, you know, these were great men, and I don't I don't fault them for not being able to meet those expectations. Yeah. So something I find interesting about that is you being all the way in California. Uh, just thinking back to when I came into the fraternity and how similar things were. Uh, we had a lot of, of, of great guys, great older brothers. It was a huge age gap, and they they could tell you the ritual in their sleep. Mm-hmm. I mean, they knew it backwards and forward, but that was that was that was the beginning and end of Masonic education. That's right. Uh, you didn't dive into anything further than that. That's correct. Well, and and I would like to state that in in all reality, we are still dealing with that, oh, yeah. and yeah. and it's not. And and I don't want to. I'm not trying to lowbrow anybody because those brothers were needed to keep that ritual alive Mm -hmm. so that I would be able to learn it. If they hadn't done that, I would not have had the experience I had. And, and I wouldn't be in this fraternity so that I can start searching for the next, the next great thing. You know, we, we always need to be searching for the next great thing. And, and now brothers today that are coming in, we're, we're, we're meeting the new, the next generation of, of brothers coming in and they're they're growing up with the internet so they have so much more than mm. we even had we read a lot of books and we saw the cool movies you know national yeah. treasure of course you know who who doesn't want to join after they <laughs> see national treasure <laughs> but, but you know we got to see all that we had all that but these guys have the internet and they're learning all this stuff and they're coming in for that personal connection that that you know, one-on-one and to learn the mysteries from a mentor and, and we're falling short. Fortunately, we are starting to pick things up, but you know, we, we've still got a ways to go. I think you touched on something that's just as relevant today as it was back then when we started. Yeah. So it's, it's something we always have to keep in mind for sure. Cesar, yes, tell sir. us, tell us what inspired you to create your podcast. Uh, well, it was, it was a pandemic. Um, the pandemic finally pushed me over the, uh, you know, over the edge. Uh, I, I had been kicking around ideas with my with my friends, but it was just something that we just never really took action on. But during the pandemic, I said, you know what? Uh, because I like to exercise, and I thought one of the one of the best ways we can help ourselves combat this thing that's out there is to increase our level of fitness, right? Whether it's through exercise, getting more sun, getting more oxygen, more water. Um, uh, so if if we were going to be sitting around, uh, all I could foresee uh, was that we were going to just, if we were already out of shape, we we're going to get even worse out of shape. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know, let me, let me begin to uh, put this thing together and, and really encourage my brethren to get out there. But at the, si- at the same time, talk about the mysterious origins of Freemasonry. And that'll give you focus because once you've, uh, gone out there and walked for 20, 30 minutes, or you've gone for a jog, or or you've been involved in a physical activity for any length of time, all of a sudden the dopamine begins to kick in and you begin to think clearer. And now you have the capacity to to really focus like even even better. 
So why not hit them with some Masonic mysteries, you know, uh, at the same time or, or right when we're done. And it was already happening with my best friend because we were, we've been working out for years. And what would happen, even though he's not a Mason, eventually some type of conversation would happen around Freemasonry. And we had some of the best conversations and just like everybody, right? Like, ah. Oh, that should have been an episode right there. Like if yes. we just had Mike, we get to that a lot. Would, yeah, you yeah, say that a lot, right? But the but the moment was lost, but the idea wasn't. So I finally took action. So it was it was pandemic driven, is what it was. Yeah. Well, I, that's uh, really interesting. That go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say, uh, I've talked to lots of brothers. First of all, um, congratulations on, on taking that step and making that podcast yes i've talked to a lot of brothers that they have the idea they just never they they might even buy the equipment and, and have everything ready and right. they just never go forward with it and something i always tell people that are interested in starting a podcast um they they look right now at at the water and there's a lot of us on a podcast out there floating around already but I think there's plenty of room. There's plenty of room. And, oh, we- and each one brings brings something different. And there's some great podcasts out there, but I don't necessarily, they're not necessarily for me, or I just don't get around to listening to them. Uh, that doesn't mean they're not great. They're just not for me. So right. just because you see one that's huge, it might not be for everybody. So make your podcast and be consistent with it. And it will affect people. It will make a change. Hmm. Well, I can tell you my my wife is going to be ecstatic that I'm interviewing you because she's been on my tail for a while about <laughs> losing weight, Get, getting back to my fighting weight. Yeah. She, she says, when we got married, you were at your fighting weight. Now you're you're just now you're not. all the time, <laughs> writing your stuff. And, yeah, exactly. Now I'm not. Well, honey, I'm also 50 years yeah. old. Come on. Give me a break. I'm, I'm, I'm moving around. I'm shaking. I'm moving up. <laughs> But anyways, you know, there's something valuable to be said about what you just mentioned. And that is, you know, when you do exercise, you know, when um, I went through a time when when I was exercising every night after work and and when I got done, I would start reading um, the Bible Mm -hmm. and reading different spiritual things. And I'm going to tell you, man, I got connected Mm -hmm. and and I could really. You're you're absolutely right. The focus is there, and the and the the energy and zeal seems to be there right after your yeah. right after you exercise. Well, so the, the there's exercise something you know increases the blood flow to, to your brain. That. There's a there's yeah. science to that. Yeah, yeah, and then you you the, I think one of the biggest things is that you have a sense just, of accomplishment. You you have a sense of I just take math. Yeah. <laughs> You have a sense of accomplishment because you just finished a, a 30, 45 minute, 60 minute uh, workout. So you're like, hey, you know, what, what else can I do? It's like a natural reaction. Like, man, I just got done with this. First of all, I didn't even want to get to it. I didn't even want to get to the gym, but somehow I made it. And then I once I started getting the blood flowing, I started feeling better. I finished it. I accomplished it. Yeah. What else can I do now? Mm-hmm. And then th- that's why all of a sudden, yeah, we begin to read or talk. And the talks are lively and they're energetic because we just, with the blood is flowing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I may edit this part out later because it's going to affect probably about 80% of the basins that, <laughs> that I've seen. But wow. um, it, it, 
we, we talk a lot about about building temples, right? And, and mm-hmm. I touched on this earlier. Like like our bodies are our physical temples here on Earth. Yes. And I mean, we we talk. I, I've talked a lot on the show about going into a lodge and it being in bad shape. But mm. how how do we represent the fraternity ourselves when <laughs> when when we yeah. are not very healthy? We are not in great shape. All right. It's not a good um, it's not a good image that a lot of us are portraying. And I think a lot of brothers uh, begin to make more and more excuses until they believe it themselves as to why they can't get out there and even walk 20 minutes a day. And they believe it, and we, which is not true. Jack Lane, which was a master mason, which was the godfather of fitness, he was a master mason out of California. Always oh, said cool. Yes. Oh, yes. Very uh, cool. Um, he gave the greatest example. And what did he do for 20, 22 years in his show? With a simple chair. You don't need any equipment. With a simple chair for 20 minutes, if you just show up with me and follow me and do what I do, and then follow some, uh, you know, more sanitary, uh, dietary. He didn't call it, he didn't call it diet because that word had a die in it, right? Diet. Mm-hmm. So he called it better nutrition with better nutrition choices. Within 90 days, you're going to, you're going to be blown away at your results. So you don't need any of that, but somehow our brethren have have lost sight of that. But it's not just our brethren, my friends, my family members, yeah. you know, and, and so they, it, it's, but going back to Freemasonry, you're absolutely right. What, how are we representing Freemasonry individual, individually starting with our own physical temples? You know, how about that? And why should we be afraid of mentioning that or even editing it? No. You know, to 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 begin to heal this fraternity from within, those talks need to be had, no matter how hard there they are. You know, and it's not all. And even if you're not going to the gym, it's the 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 quality of food that we serve at most our meetings is not healthy. And and for (laughs) I mean, like chili dogs and right, right, Frito chili pie and stuff like that. And for the brothers that I mean, there's some brothers that are out at lodges two or three times a week. Uh, Yes, me and Dennis. Uh, I, I know we get out a lot and so yeah we're eating that stuff good good right. food is expensive right and we have to be willing to either say we're just not gonna eat here we'll eat at home or we'll go somewhere after or just bite the bullet and 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 pay to have good food at the lodge man uh, amen to that at our lodge um, we, we talked about it that a lot and we have a chef chef hector you know hector mignon he's actually he's an actual chef but he's nice. a brother. And so when we got together and we began to, to figure out what we're going to do at Lodge back in 2017, one of the first thing was we we're all going to break bread together and we're going to have a steak. We're going to have a salad. We're going to have a nice piece of steak with grilled veggies, right? And then nice. maybe a little dessert or whatever, nice. but um, healthier, way healthier. And because he's a chef and he's conscientious of that, Man, what I'm telling you, and for a long time it was 15 bucks for that three course meal. You could not yeah. beat that anywhere, and it yeah. was a filet mignon. It wasn't a cheap, you know, chuck steak or whatever. This was so. Um, a lodge has to think about its physical health as well. Yeah. So, and you make you make an excellent point there too, because you know they we always feel like we have to make something different every month for for lodge, and and then we go down this rabbit hole of this really creative but very bad yeah, for us yeah. food and and you know though i gotta tell you i love our 
the guys that are stewards at my lodge. They, they take good care of us. We have some of the best food there is. But, you know, you touched on something. You know, why not just make it a simple steak or, or chicken option and with grilled vegetables and a salad and make mm-hmm. it a nice, nice, attractive meal? And why not have that once a month? If, if we did, even if it's the same thing, we wouldn't have to go somewhere else to get that good steak. If you have somebody that's cooking it up right and that's doing correct. a good job, you know, you wouldn't have to go out for that. So you, you know that you're going to have a good steak at Lodge. You know, that's cool. That's, that's a cool vibe right there. Knowing <laughs> that you're going to have food and, and healthy and yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. That's, that's a good idea. Nice. Hell yeah. And he, you know what? He, he hit the nail on the head. Part of what we were trying to do was raise the bar and, and everything we did from, uh, from the moment you walked in for stated meeting, uh, you know, the fellowship that was going on, the social hour that was going on, to when we sat down we, uh, to break bread, you know, we'd say a prayer, and then we broke bread. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, throughout the, that one hour, you know, dinner, we would probably have one or two toasts. You know, it can be, yeah, it can be whatever it is. But it was always circulating around an awesome meal. So I don't know. Are you going to record? Go ahead. Uh, oh, I'm recording. I'm recording. Oh, okay. We're recording already. So All right. Can you have alcohol in your lodge at, at California? Yes. yes, we are not a dry state. There are, there are stipulations, uh, but uh, yes, we can. And okay. we utilize it to the utmost because you know what? Do you mean? You know, raising a glass, uh, raising imagine, a glass, toasting. Grown okay. men being able to. Uh, can you imagine that? Yeah. Just being wow. able to add that grown man. I like it's, that. It's great. Will you do me a favor and 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 send me a PDF of your uh, of your laws, your Grand Lodge laws? I'd be interested to see the laws. Our California Masonic Code, absolutely. Yeah. I would I would love to see that. I would love to yeah. see that just to see kind of how that's written out. In case we ever decide to go that route, it might be a good way to write it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and a lot of that was was during prohibition and and a little bit before that during the Morgan affair, you know, the last yes. and everything. They, as we began to conform and listen to the to the public outcry, you know, okay, we'll stop drinking so much. Okay, you know, and, and just to just to conform to what they were wanting, but in reality, it had nothing to do because you know, I mean, come on, we were meeting on over the pubs and we were yeah. meeting in the pubs. I mean, Freemasonry well, and. We're still yeah. in prohibition over here. Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say that's the thing. Y'all yeah. are the heathens out there. We're we're in the Bible Belt here. Yeah. here. Mm-hmm. So you gotta you gotta remember that we're still in the Bible Belt right. in, in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> but so, I, so I wanted to mention something real quick. Okay. Just real quick, Justin. Just real quick. <laughs> now I wanted to I wanted to touch on something you had said just a minute ago about the um, the meal about. Yes, and, and leveling up and, and, and then talking about the, the fitness yeah. of, of ourselves as, as well and, and our body as a temple and, and whatnot. Just, just real quick, yeah. a lot of times we get lost in this, oh, it's the internal and not the external. I've said it a hundred times, a million times, and I'll say it a, a million more times that our external is a true representation of our internal. So yeah. when we feel good about ourselves on the inside, we tend to feel a lot better outside and we tend to do the things that are better for us to promote that, that better, you know, when you feel good about yourself, gee, you want to feel good all around. And, and so, you know, take it from me, I'm, I'm going tomorrow to get the nerves burned in my back. So I don't, so I don't hurt so much. Mm. And, uh, 
you know, when, when it starts really hurting, I start gaining weight because I'm feeling bad. I'm not feeling like, you know, my regular self. And so it's, uh, you know, that there's something to be said about that. It, there really is. And what's that, what's feel bad about that. What's interesting <clears throat> about what you said. So is that you, you said that it's not the, it's the internal, not the external. And we're talking about physical health, right? Externally, you may appear to be morbidly obese, but that's all internal. That's internal. So what we're seeing is the external reflecting from the internal. And and, and that right. can apply to so much more than just, just the physicalities that we're talking about. There we go. Bingo. Now we're beginning to get into, you know, a, a deeper level of uh, acknowledgement, right, of... Uh, yeah. Uh, you, be, before, what do all great companies do when they want to turn around, when, when they're suffering, they want to turn around? Someone comes in and finally helps everybody to see the reality of, and the true shape they, of the company. Mm-hmm. You and then they start trimming the fat. And then they start trimming the fat. And then they start getting building muscle and they start getting stronger. It's the same thing here. Uh, what I wanted to mention was, though, because a lot of people were, were still going to say, well, what does this have to do with Freemasonry? And it's still, <laughs> man, come on, man. I mean, do we really have to spell it out for you? I mean, part of the of what we're doing in Freemasonry is we're in the process of the building of King Solomon's Temple, right, which was to house the Ark of the Covenant. And when once that was done and the, the Ark of the Covenant was finally placed inside the Sanctum Sanctorum, um, the only way you can go in there and commune with God was through what? Through fasting, through physical preparation, through meditation, through contemplation. And this took weeks and weeks and weeks. King Solomon and King David were only, and Moses were only allowed to go in there like once a year. It was only the Levitical priests, I think, that were in and around working where the Ark right. of the Covenant was. Because anybody else goes in there, they're going to get shocked and killed or whatever that was going on, get lepers. Mm-hmm. So why? Well, we're supposed to be physically fit and fasting and preparing and meditating and understanding how to commune with ourselves so you know brothers i hate to to break it to you but it's one and the same right right you're you're absolutely right and i've i've seen it firsthand at the very worst part of my life you know i was uh very obese i'm i'm still not a spring chicken right now but you know, I used to weigh 210 pounds at five foot six and a half. Whoa. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of weight. Whoa. You know, and yeah, and yeah after and, and my, my whole world fell apart. And after my wife divorced me, I lost uh, 40 pounds. Oh, 40 wow. pounds. Yeah. And so, mm. and that's, well, actually 60 pounds because I was, I was uh, 148. My, my fighting weight to my, to my wife now is, is 148. So that was 60 pounds less. So, yeah. Wow. There's, and, and as I felt better about myself, then I was able to attract a, a, a nice, young, beautiful woman to, to love me again and, and start it over. Hey. You know, but, you know <laughs> it, it, took, it took time. It took a lot of fishing, man. I, I was, I was uh, down, at the, down at the bay fishing every night. I didn't, I didn't do anything, just me and God, just spending that time together and, and then uh, getting myself ready for the next, next part of my venture. But enough about me. Let's get back to you. Okay. So, you uh, so apparently things are definitely different in, in, um, in, in California as far as the, the, um, 
alcohol. Um, yeah, the the ability to do different things. But what about the what about the ritual? Without going too far into you know what any meanings are or mm -hmm. anything like that, what would you say it is as far as esoteric, the the teaching, the you know all that kind of stuff that that you expect to get from lodge? Kind of expand a little bit on on what that's like in in California because we we really have no idea. Well, in California, we have a combination Preston Webb, um, uh, you know, ritual. So somehow we've inherited uh, that. When Grand Lodge was formed, I think it was, uh, I think seven different lodges uh, came together in Sacramento, I think. Uh, and uh, they all were carrying charters from different states. And so we, we got all this comment, but it, it wasn't until years later that we finally consolidated the, the ritual. And it was finally a Preston Webb, you know, combination. So there's a there's still a lot of Preston in there, right? And then with the American, you know, Webb, uh, his his rendition of what Preston was saying, is, is there a lot of esoteric spiritual? Of course there is. I, I you know I'm a firm believer that that, that there is. Yeah, but yes. most people most people just want it like laid at their feet. When when the reality is, you have to work for it. The same way, mm -hmm. man. If you want to lose weight, you want to build muscle. Get your ass in the gym and start hitting it and start being consistent. And start um, knowing what you're doing wrong and stuff. The same way with the ritual, it's there. All this stuff, um, the alchemical, the esoteric, the spiritual, yes. it's there. I mean, I've been studying it. I've been a Mason for 20, 21 years studying this. And I can tell you with all assurity, it's there. Now, you're going to say, well, where? Hey, I'll, I'll begin to teach you how to find it. But... You want me to freaking give it to you what I took 20 years right. and done right. and encapsulate it in five minutes and give it to you? No. How about I teach you how to fish and now you can fish, eat for the rest of your life. I'm not just going to feed well, right now. Something, something that, that I used to, I used to wonder is uh, you had like these mystery schools and, and these wise men, you know, mm -hmm. wise men up on the mountain meditating for decades, right? With these great insights. And, and the question is always, why why won't they just share what they've learned and you're absolutely right i mean if you look at freemasonry uh if you look at the ritual at face value you have the the exoteric right which is which is what you see yeah. and what you hear during the degrees and opening and closing and you could take everything at face value and just leave it at that um but the esoteric is what comes with deeper study uh, and, and in many cases, cross-referencing with other disciplines uh, to see the connections. But what, what I'm getting at is the reason you you a lot of these 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 wise men or or whatever you want to call them that these these secrets don't get shared is because they they can't be communicated. Like you have to like the epiphany has to be experienced yourself. Yeah, and you can't. There's just it's not that you. There's just, there's just no way. There's no way to, because it's more than just something verbal. It's an experience. It's it's chemical in your in your brain. You can't share that with somebody. They have to seek it out themselves and come to that realization on their own. And it sounds cliche, right? Like what you just said. Like, and people are out there. Oh, here we go. You can't share it. No, um, I experienced that um, maybe like uh, five years into into my. You know my career my masonic career i was witnessing a, a fellow craft degree and i was sitting in the south i was a junior warden and so as i'm i'm sitting there and i'm watching you know i'm dialed in and all of a sudden something just happened boom and i'm like holy crap that's what that means 
And then I started going over it in my head and like, man, I can't wait. And as soon as I said, I can't wait to share this with my friends, I, it, it, something happened and I couldn't share it with my friends. I couldn't because right, they were not right. going to understand. They, they, there was no way they have to experience it because there's no words for that experience. And somehow I got paralyzed. I don't know what happened, but I know one thing. I still can't share that with well, anybody. Sorry, wait a minute. But I was gonna say, um, even even on a on a less profound level, uh, looking at like the officer leadership trainings that we have mm. in Texas, I, I, I talk to brothers that they go, and they're probably the only guy from the lodge. Mm. They come and they hear things, and they're like, they're they're pumped up, they're excited, and they're ready to go back to share it with the lodge. But what happens when they go back when they're the only ones that experienced it? Yep, and they go back and share it with ten or fifteen other guys that weren't there well we can't do that here that might work that might work in the city or that might work in <laughs> yeah Texas. exactly that would never work here that would never fly although although everything we've created is cookie cutter yeah, yeah. exactly which is yeah. there's two things that i caught <laughs> go ahead it's important it's important to to share these experiences and yeah from from a sonic perspective like anytime there's a degree or or something going on i try to share brothers bring it with bring them with me so they can share they can reach their own epiphanies and, and mm -hmm. come to conclusions on their own. Well, and that's, and that's mentorship. And I was going to touch on that, but, but before I touch on that, I want to run back real quick on what you were saying. There's two things that I really caught on to on that. Number one, consistency. Yep. You said, you know, the first thing you got to get off your ass and do it and you got to, and, and consistency is key. You just do a little bit at a time, even if you're just reading like a few paragraphs a morning when you get up and you just get into that rhythm of just continuously reading. It doesn't have to be a lot. It doesn't have to be a big profound anything. Just start reading something going towards that general direction. And then you'll eventually build up to where those, those epiphany moments will happen. Mm -hmm. they, they always do. They always do, but you have to, you have to build yourself up and be ready for it before you can. It's kind of like yeah. back in the, and now I'm, I'm stretching back in the day when I used to actually really work out, you know, you, you, you work out and then, then you have the one day that you go in and you just see what your max is and see what you can yes. do. All of a sudden, boom, you can hit this level. You, you never could hit before, but that's because you've been, you know, doing the reps, you know, you've been doing the repetition, building up. lower weights. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And finally you're able, it's the same thing. You do the same thing with your mind. So you, you feed your mind all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, boom, it, it comes to you in one moment. And just like you said, it very rarely can we explain it to someone else especially if you don't write it down. That's why I do so much writing because I, I know that there's no way I can explain it any other time. The, um, the, the other thought that I had just completely slipped my mind after that one, that one was such a good one, but that <laughs> well, jury's out on it, but okay. Let me, let me just, let me just pat myself. Thank you for, for feeding me that, that <laughs> nugget so that I could take it that one step further. Caesar, but yes. we don't, we don't interview a whole lot of brothers outside of Texas. Uh, usually what one of the questions we'll ask is uh, what are the strengths and weaknesses of Texas Freemasonry? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we've heard that. We've heard, 
we've heard different answers, but it, it's 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 usually along the same theme. So I'd like to ask you, what are the strengths and weaknesses of Californian Freemasonry? Uh, just to provide some insight. Oh, great question. And that's one of the reasons why uh, that caught my attention with your podcast. When you began to ask those those questions, starting with that one, I think, um, because you began to change them around after a while, but but they were building or something like that. I just remember um, uh, you began to build on them and, and ask tougher and tougher questions because that's when we start to get to the meat. Mm-hmm. When you really begin to ask them the tougher and tougher questions, right? So strength and weaknesses in California, well, um, a lot of the same answers that, that I was hearing from the Texas Masons, you know, not enough education in lodges, uh, lodges being, you know, too old and stodgy and, and, you know, just, you know, grumpy old past masters trying to run stated meetings and, and, uh, the calendar for the years, uh, uh masters not actually being the leader of a lodge and and not knowing how to lead you know and uh putting putting guys in, in leadership positions that were clearly not ready but because the lodge had nobody else they just threw them in there and made matters worse not really thinking like hey man that's not the way to go and then what example are we giving by doing that everybody's watching mm-hmm. you know and then uh making uh disparaging uh, remarks or remarks that that you know they were trying to be funny but uh, in reality when you have a younger mason and i mean ma- younger mason in the fraternity listening listening in and uh you know hey are some two brothers meet right and then hey i'm such and such and i'm a past master from oh you're a past master i'm sorry to hear that my condolences you know <laughs> they're trying to be funny but when we read about freemason and you hear that that guy's a master or a past master you all of a sudden there's like a prestige you know, we're supposed, supposed to be. be. They're we're supposed, yeah, they're supposed to be. Yes. And then you learn about that. You, they only get there by merit alone. But then when you start uh, attending lodge and you start seeing how it really works, there was no merit, you know, for a lot of these lodges. They just threw them in there. So that was some of the weaknesses. What were some of the, the strengths? Well, Grand Lodge of California for many, many years has been a leader in leadership training, in uh, introducing uh, different ways to engage the uh, the members of the lodge, uh, reaching out to us and doing these surveys. We've been doing this for years and years and years, creating a five-year plan for for Grand Lodge. You know, uh, yeah, uh, we're wow, on our yes, wow, that's, yes, that's awesome. encouraging encouraging lodges to create your own three to five-year plans and Love beginning that. to to make them understand that if you're in the line of officers. And you have a five-year plan. Guess what? When you become master and you're in the middle of that five-year plan, that's your job to get that that part of the five-year plan done and executed. And if you're and you know you were part of the overall solution, you didn't just come in and I'm going to do my year. And you know everybody suffered through that. And then the next master did. So there was never any continuity or consistency. So now they're pushing to create continuity and consistency Man. in all lodges, you know, and that how to do that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that you have to do the boring things before you can really enjoy the fun things. Mm-hmm. And that, and, and no lodges, I mean, very few in Texas do the, do that. They, they don't, they don't, they don't have a five-year plan. I, I also think it's important to have some kind of a vision or a mission statement for your lodge. Yes. And, 
somewhere. So well, how, do, how do you build a plan? How do you build a plan if you don't have a vision? You got to no know where you're going to go. Yeah. 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 You gotta go, know where you're going to go before you can build a plan to get there. Mm-hmm. Because, so yeah, you're absolutely you're, right. Yeah. And it needs to be where you see it. Um, actually, Dennis, I can't remember the name of the lodge, but I saw uh, we were at the Fort Worth building uh, last weekend or weekend before last. Um, whatever, whatever room MasonicCon was in, that lodge had uh, Fort their Worth, vision. Fort Worth 148. Was yeah. it Fort Worth? They had their yes. vision right outside when you walk in. Or maybe it was their mission statement, but I think it said their vision. And it's like, that's that's powerful. Because you, if you just create it and put it somewhere, file it away, you might as well have never done it. Mm-hmm. But if you if you put it somewhere prominent, it, it reminds the brothers what we're about and what we're doing. Then keeps that sets the tone. Yeah, it keeps your focus. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. So it, and that's it, something it, that we teach in our in our officer leadership training as well, and it, and it kind of makes my stomach turn every time I hear the beginning of of that presentation. You know, we we talk about the succession planning, and and we say, or or the 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 person who does it says, you know, we're going to teach you how to do this, even though our grand lodge doesn't do this, <laughs> and it just kind of makes my stomach turn every yeah. time because. You know, exactly. we, we really should our grand lodges should be our grand lodges should be doing this and, and we should be emulating what our grand lodge does right. so that we can all be successful on the same yeah. So that's what and, blew, and, and it's really go ahead. That's what blew me away when you said that California has a five year plan. Because and I, I don't mean to say I'm not speaking negatively of anyone at our grand lodge, right? I'm not trying to to hmm. to to disparage anything that anybody's doing, but our five-year plan is one year, one, one year plan at a time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and it's, it's a, it's a different program, often very similar, different name. Same and result. What's interesting. What's interesting is there are other green lodges talking about implementing this at this time. Right now they are talking about doing this kind of stuff. I've talked with some, some brothers from, from, some right worshipful brothers from other jurisdictions and they're talking about trying to create these things. And, and even Texas has, there was a grandmaster who, who wanted to do that and saw the value in it, but everybody else was mad because he had his team create the plan for everybody instead of right. them, including them together. And that's, and that's why mm-hmm. it never did come to fruition. So, and that's another thing is that, you know, something will fail one time or not happen exactly the way you want it. And then it's all, Oh, that didn't work. Let's just go back to the way it's always been. And, and then you don't progress. And and I think that we really ought to take, take notice of that and, and, uh, and, and take ourselves to the next level. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to steal your thunder there. <laughs> Junior, your co-host. Caesar. Uh, I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Change. If you could change anything about Freemasonry at this point, what would you? What do you feel would be the most important thing to address? Wow, um, man, I would have to create a list. But off the top of my head, off the top of my head, I would say you know the the Masonic education you know within within the lodges and um, you know having it. I've seen I've seen in our lodge we have basically. Every meeting, we have some sort of Masonic education. I'm the officer's coach there. So even before practices, if depending on what 
degree we're gonna we're gonna be on i give them a three five or seven minute long educational thing on corn wine and oil on the northeast corner on why it's important to you know uh, work together on a ritual floor work all this stuff i would change that i would change hey man you got to continue you've got to continue to uh, uh push masonic education and make it like the core the core of every single meeting you cannot because that's why we're battling right now we're that's why we are where we're still at right now because you said something key you said hey our grand lodge doesn't have that doesn't have a three to five year plan well every lodge has you know every lodge is composed of its own individual members and it's their duty to get together and it's hard right it's hard to get together that group of men to sit down long enough to think about okay what do we want for three for the next three to five years what does that look like that's a lot of mental output and we're not trained to think that way as a group. So now we're, we're going against the tide and it's already, it's already enough for us to go and spend time away from our parents, our, our kids, our wives and stuff like that. Now you want me to start thinking about three to five year plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're asking too much, but in reality, that's our future. If we don't do it now, we're going to continue to just, you know, be like rudderless. But that's one thing I would change. I would continue to push Masonic education and make it the central thing of Freemasonry. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that'll look like, but Masonic education. And I'm not talking about ritual or no, no, no. You, you, you really kind of uh, maybe realize something is that um, you can't just take a whole bunch of, of, of brothers and sit them in the dining room and say, we're going to come up with a five-year plan. <laughs> uh, you, you really almost have to educate them on how to set goals to start with. Like, this yes. is a smart goal. This is yes. this, this is how we measure it. This is it needs to be specific, such and so forth. Um, mm-hmm. and so it's not a it's not a one day thing. No. It's uh it maybe it may be multiple, but um, I mean, I think if you can get the stakeholders, which you know the active members of the lodge, to attend two, maybe three, just just planning meetings, um, you could you could hash out so, what, what, like what you're talking about. And I think when 99% of lodges don't have some kind of division or, or statement or anything like that, it's really hard to look at the Grand Lodge and say, you're dropping the ball here when, when no one else is doing it either. Well, exactly. Exactly. My point about that, you picked up on it. Uh, my point about that is that if it begins to, to uh, happen at the ground, at the Blue Lodge level, constituent lodge, eventually those guys become Grand Lodge officers and they take those practices with them. And now it's baked in to our overall, you know, philosophy of how we're going to make, uh, how we're going to help this fraternity move forward in the future, because we've been practicing it all along at the Blue Lodge foundational level. So, well, and, you, and, and you said something that's very important. And, and that is that it, we, Grand Lodge officers come from the Blue Lodge level. They are us. They are them. And when you look at Grand Lodge, we we ha- we also have to remember that you know a lot of times people say oh that guy just wants a title he just wants to be in the seat whatever blah 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 but generally speaking the guys that are in Grand Lodge are the guys that were the shakers and movers in their area otherwise they would have not they wouldn't have had that support mm-hmm. they wouldn't have had that, that that those brothers you know pushing them forward to 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 do better things if they weren't so. Therein 
you have the basis of a, of of like-minded individuals that believe in doing these things but then yeah. it gets we we let our ego get in and then it becomes more of a power struggle on who gets to have their way on what they want to do that's that's where the big problem is in my opinion because the 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 more um the more go-getter type people out there are uh are are strong-minded and they're they're they believe in the things that got them where they are and so they want to continue those things mm. instead of instead of mm. listening to you know the other brother who got his way up there also <laughs> by by doing smart things so <laughs> so a lot of i think a lot of it has to do a lot of the breakdown has to do with with the ego but it does start with education and we we all have to have that focus that education is key mm. for sure Caesar, you said something um, on on one of your one of your more recent episodes. Actually, it's not so much what you said; it was it was the topic of the episode. And I know it wasn't the first one because I think it was like number three, and I can't oh, yeah. remember the exact title. I should have pulled yeah, the yeah. title, but uh, it was about uh, basically: are we refining or yeah. or what's going on with the membership? Yeah, and so. Uh, I would just like to hear your thoughts on that. I mean, I listened to the podcast, but let's uh, share them here yeah. if you don't mind. Yeah, the the um, actually the the name of the article is uh, "Freemasonry Isn't Dying; It's Refining." It's written by Robert Johnson, Wins Came You, mm -hmm. and so he he um, you know talked about it. So I read it, and I wanted, and I think I I don't know if I heard you guys or someone else uh, were reading it. No, it was uh, the Working Tools, the Working Tools podcast. So I said, man, let me get this article and let me read it. It's a short article, short and sweet. But some of the conclusions uh, that Robert Johnson came to, well, I disagree with. Uh, one of them, at, at the very end, you know, he, he makes his, uh, at, at the beginning, he says, well, there's nothing we can do about these things. At the very end, he recommends what we can do about these things, <laughs> right? So I'm like, what? So um, one of them, one of his uh, uh, insights was that right now, I think uh, uh, there's, I forgot how many Masons he said there was. And if you round out how many lodges there are in, in the United States, that's 2,000. And if you divide all that, that's 30 Masons per lodge, right? So I like that, especially if it's focused and those 30 are engaged. I like that because now you have camaraderie now you have fellowship i mean everybody gets to know each other everybody knows about your your personal life up to a certain point so we feel your absence when you're gone you know so yes. that that's good but he then he says uh get rid of all the pen and bodies you know um except you know scottish right and and new york right or something like that and i was like whoa 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 wait a minute you, you know you can't have one without if you're going to start over you have to like start over again and give accolades to the symbolic blue lodge you know we are the tree trunk we are the root and the appendant bodies are the appendant bodies because if you go along with that and then you say there's 30 members you you're saying that there's 30 members per blue lodge but then you're dividing those 30 members with the appendant bodies now scottish right and york right and you're dividing your forces now now you're not mm -hmm. focused now you're being stretched out now you're being uh diluted because you're asking the members now to not only help you run the Blue Lodge, but also Scottish Rite and York Rite. Mm -hmm. And some of the ills that we are experiencing 
in Freemason for the longest time is that we're asking members to do just that. No matter how passionate you are about Scottish Rite, York Rite, and these uh, independent bodies, part of the ills is that you're, you get a, an excited member, he just become a Master Mason, you just put him in a chair in the Blue Lodge, and then all of a sudden you're, um, the dependent bodies are asking for his help as well because he's a good member, right? He, he, he has a lot to offer, but now you're stretching him out. But uh, now for me, going back to the, to the article, Freemasonry is refining, is not, is not dying, it's refining. No, Freemasonry is not dying, you, you know, overall. There are certain areas of the United States or the world where it is because it just never caught on. Freemasonry just never caught on, and you have these lodges that are just holding on barely because they don't have the courage and the strength to just shut it down and say, you know what, here's the charter. We couldn't make it for whatever reason because we don't know what to do, and, and there it is. So Freemasonry is dying in that part of the world or, or has just died. Is it, has it been refining? I don't know. I don't know because yeah, we're I don't. I don't about, think it's yeah. You know, we're I don't talking about the same things. Yeah. So how is it refining? And I, I don't think it's refining. Um, right now in California, we have forty thousand members, and I think we haven't stopped the bleeding. I've said this many times. So now, so now Grand Lodge, you know, and in its infinite wisdom is beginning to react to that and creating these opportunities to bring members back and this and that. When we haven't even figured figured out what we want in a lodge mm -hmm. so how is that refining that's not refining that's just reacting you know to to the situation so that's some of my take on that uh, on that article yeah there was a there's another thing uh, i think one of the suggestions was for like a like a national grand lodge mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. which i don't even have to read into that i mean that sounds awful that sounds like that a terrible, sounds idea. terrible i hated that idea yeah my thing <laughs> is i think I've heard thirty thrown out before as like a magic number, and uh, I think I think thirty is kind of at that point where you could get to know everybody and build a solid relationship. Uh, anything outside of thirty is when it, it's just it's just it's just too many people, yeah, right, to really get those strong yeah. bonds with. And so if if there, if there's a way to easily and fluidly say, look, when we get when we get to thirty or say say forty members in mm -hmm. a lodge. Let's let's split it. Yes. Where we have where we have two lodges of twenty and let that grow. I mean you still have your bonds and you can still visit each other. Uh and then if one of them isn't successful, that's okay. We're willing to merge back or turn in our charter. And and and, and if you look historically, that's that's at least here in Texas, uh that's pre that was pretty much the case. Um right. you have all these so there's a saying like in in, in the times of the horses. There was a, a community about every seven miles because that was about how far a horse could go before it really needed to stop and get a drink and take a break. And many of those seven mile communities now are just little, little, little signposts on the side of the road. There's nothing there. But a hundred years ago, they were communities and they had Masonic lodges. And if you look like the like the early 1900s, uh, they were all merging with what would become the larger communities. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like like a loss. It was just, it was just, it, they tried it and it, it, it either worked and it stuck or it didn't. I mean, it wasn't a failure or anything like that. It was just, just a, just a, just something that happened with time just yeah. as things went on. Multiple factors, right? It just, yeah. it's not just one, it's multiple factors as to why 
Uh, right now, what we're seeing, though, is a lot of lodges just are not focused. And they're just trying anything. And they're trying to be all things to all people. Yeah. That's not going to work. It's that. never going to work. Your lodge has to know what it's about. Your lodge has to know what the culture is. Your lodge has to know what its focus is and what they concentrate on. And do not deviate from that. Once yeah. you start deviating from that, you know, hey, Super Bowl teams don't win Super Bowls by being, you know, unfocused and not knowing what they're about, what their strengths and weaknesses are. If they have to know what they're about. If you stand for everything, you'll fall for it for any. For yes. If you yes, stand for everything, you'll fall way. for anything. You'll fall for anything. And you see that with like the most successful lodges are hyper focused. There's a uh, there's a local lodge, and I don't necessarily agree with the focus, but they're they're super focused on fundraising. Like that's that's their big oh. thing is raising <laughs> money and giving away. Yeah, and, yeah. And you know, if 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 that's your brand of Freemasonry, that's fine. It's not mine. But they're they're super successful. They raise a, a huge amount of money, and but they're laser focused. And the members that join join that because that's what they want to do. But you'll see you'll see lodges that have. I think a lodge should be well rounded. But if if you're trying to please everybody, if you're not if you're not saying this is an educational lodge, or this is a we're going to focus on having great meals, or we're going to focus on doing great degrees. You just you're just there. You're just kind of floating. You don't really have a sale taking you anywhere. I think I. I, I have to disagree. I have to disagree. You have to. And the, here's the reason why. Here's the reason why. <laughs> because, because you... Not everybody... So, okay. So, it's good to have your key things that you're good at. That your whole lodge is good at. Like your ritual or something like that. You know, Goliad is known for our degree teams. You know, we're known for our floor school. We're known for that. <laughs> So it's, it's, it's a good thing, but at the same time, we're also not known for education. We're not known for mm. our fundraising. We're not known for, well, we are known for our dinners, but so I live in Goliad, a city of, of 1900 people. We have, we have a pretty big lodge and it's, it's a pretty solid lodge too, but I'm traveling an hour and a half away from my lodge because we don't have the education that, that I desire. And I can't take all that on myself. I have to learn it from somebody. Mm. I, you know, it's, I, I do take some of it back and I'm, and I'm always there to help other brothers if they want to learn the stuff. But, you know, when, when you hyper-focus on just one thing, then you're not going to, um, you're not going to catch those brothers that are interested in something else. And then and you got to have, you got to have the different options there, but, but you, you have to have the vision of Freemason. Yes, that's the vision. But, but if you don't have your, your, um, you know, your different little niches that, that people can get excited about in, in the lodge, then you're going to lose those to, to somebody else. See, I don't want you brothers to get me wrong, though. I do believe that you need to have that focused vision. You need to have that. I just think that we have to be well-rounded in the, in the ways that, you know, maybe we're not so solid on, on uh, one part or another in Freemasonry, but we have to offer it so that at least the people that do like that can have that common interest and they'll bond with those brothers that have that common interest. But 
you know, we can overall have a big, bigger focus on, you know, what this lodge does in general, what their big thing is. Um, that's, that's all I'm saying. I didn't want to discount what you're saying because I totally get no, it and I, and I understand and I, and I can appreciate that focused vision. Damage is done. <laughs> yeah, but said. that's more or less what I was trying to say. As well. Okay, moving yeah. on. Moving on. Uh, Moving on. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, I was, I was getting at the same thing. Uh, however, Caesar, uh, yeah, you know, had something you wanted to say. Yeah, and it's 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 in regards to um to to lodges that that are hyper focused on raising money, and and that's like their sole focus. Now they still have to have stated meetings. I understand that we all have to have stated meetings. We have to run our business, pay our bills, and things like that. But um. When someone comes to your lodge and asks you, uh, well, you know, I saw this, I saw this thing and it said, we take a good man and make them better. And then you sit down and, and now you're having dinner with those guys. And hey, so how, how are you going to make me, how is this lodge going to make me a better man? Oh, well, you know, uh, all year long we raise money and we raise thousands of dollars. And when we have the amount that we wanted to hit, we write a check and we donate it and that's how we make you a better man yeah now there's a huge <laughs> gap in there right it, there's a huge like what like so that's how i'm going to become a better man so now all of a sudden there's no um there's no internal now there's all of a sudden i'm not going to learn about what i just went through now all of a sudden I, we're not going to explore the symbols or the mysterious origins of freemasonry like i like to focus on now all of a sudden we're not giving you any uh leadership you know uh, mentoring we're not no we're going to focus on we're not so, teaching you anything we're not we're teaching you, teach you how to raise ask money. for money from yeah. somebody else and give it yeah. and and no. act like we're the ones that are that are yeah and, and yeah i know there's going to be brothers that they're going to argue all day long with me and no 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 you know what you don't understand no 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 the time for that is over mm -hmm. because none of that helped us keep masons in california none of that helped it mm -hmm. but what i do consistently hear is they want to know they want to know about where this came from they want to know about the esoteric part they want to know about the symbols they want to know is this connected to the ancient egyptian pharaohs is this to the sumerian empire does this have anything to do with uh you know the epic of gilgamesh and you know uh, th there's a whole lot deeper they want to go internal they don't want to uh they don't want you to teach them how to write a check to this you know so that's what i got to say so about that since, since you started this train, and we'll hop okay. on. Uh, we'll yeah, I'll take a look at this, uh, this one. To me, me personally, yeah. charity is giving of yourself. Mm -hmm. And so, example, if, if I mm -hmm. see someone that's in need, and I give $100 out of my wallet, mm -hmm. I feel that. That's charity. I feel that. That's charity. And it yeah. kind of, yeah. it, 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 I feel satisfaction for helping somebody. But at the same time, there's a hole in my wallet now. I feel that. I feel it. It's a hundred bucks I could have used for something else. That's charity. Mm -hmm. Now, if if I, on the other hand, host an event where I take someone else's money and then turn around and give it to this person in need and say, "Hey, take a picture with me," so we put in the newspaper, tell everyone how charitable I am. Yeah, I, I, I didn't really give them myself. It's a transfer of money. It's a transfer of wealth. I'm just the middleman. 
That's not charity. Especially, especially if you're asking from from the community to support. Yeah, you know yeah. what? Yeah. Now, and, and I'll pick up the caboose on this. Well, and, hold on, I wasn't. And, I wasn't done. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let done. you. Dennis, calm down. We're both. In, I, I'll down. let you get in trouble with who we're both thinking. That's about. fine. I'm not used to being in trouble. But that's not charity. You're, you're just fundraising. And going back to the going back to what we're talking about. I like about, that. About that's fundraising. fundraising. I like that. Okay. You're just raising funds. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I and I don't mean it, but but really, I'll just say it. If you want to join an organization just to raise money, I mean we got Lions Club. There you Rotary. go. There you, you go. go. Application, pay a fee. There's you no, go to church. no ritual. Yeah. Go to church. No organization. Yeah. Do it through your church. Yeah. Join join Lions Club or something. It's here's my fee. Here's my here's my application. Mm-hmm. Money. There's a reason. And that's what separates us. That's there's a reason we yes. have. And that's 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 why I left for a while. I don't know if you saw that video where I did. I, I, I saw all that stuff. Yeah. Like, like we're running things like a Lions Club, but why did I have to <laughs> learn all this stuff? It doesn't make sense. It's that they 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 contrast with each other so much. I was taught mysteries, and now I'm selling. I'm slinging barbecue on the side of the road. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Is somebody is somebody yeah. gonna come to me to learn the mysteries, or are they gonna run the other way because they know I'm gonna ask them for another ten dollars? Yeah. You know, that's that's kind of how I see it. And and not only that, but you know, and and I don't know how it is or or was in in California, but I know in Texas. We have the uh, because we're a charitable organization, we're a corporation. We um, we get certain tax benefits against our property and stuff like that. And here's the thing: is that the the people that aren't interested in the education, they're not interested in. They're just interested in the feeling good about doing good for somebody, I guess. In instead of. the esoteric and the mystical part mm. of it, you know, that person is diehard, you know, that's all there is to it. If we don't, if we don't do the fundraisers, we'll lose our charitable um, status and then we lose all our buildings and then we, you know, Freemasonry will die. Mm. And, and really, I think if we lost all our buildings and people didn't, weren't spending all their time running around, you know, trying to, to build up money, then maybe we could focus a little bit on Freemasonry, yeah, and and what what it was always originally supposed to be, and not not you know a fundraising club. But you, and and I I do see the the benefits of giving our kids. I I think that it, as a community member, you should as members community you should be willing to to do something for your community those scholarships are cool i like it but it has its place there's you know it, it that doesn't that doesn't define you it doesn't define our organization yeah. that's a that's a that's a um what's the word i'm looking for that's a result of our organization because yeah. we are the people we are and we take charge of of our responsibilities and and we feel responsible for our next generation we help mm. them but well, it's, it's it's but that's not go ahead it, it, i, I said this Bowen. earlier and i guess i wasn't clear and and this just kind of brings it back 
it's it's important to be well-rounded. You need to have a focus as a launch, but be well-rounded because being well-rounded generates activity. And an active lodge is a healthy lodge. Activity attracts more people. And so if excitement. you have a few brothers... You want the excitement. If you yeah. have like a, like an annual fish fry and, and it's something your lodge has done forever and you got brothers that are passionate about it, by all means, do it. I mean, don't do it just for the sake of it. Say, this is what we're going to raise the money for. If you have brothers that are, that are really passionate about the ritual, I'm not saying I'm not saying if you're if you're focused if you're hyper focused on education you don't give a you don't care about the quality of your degrees or you don't care right. about uh, opening a closing well or anything like that. I'm not saying that by any means. You're still you're still well rounded. However, however, if you have a brother and he only really wants to join to raise money or not not he's not a brother yet, but say you have a petitioner. And he's like, yeah, I saw that you guys raised money and I want to be involved in that. Then then you may suggest Lions Club or something, but you may also suggest or or you say or you say, go ahead and go to. Can I can I if you're determined to do it through Freemasonry, this lodge down the road, uh, they do a lot of fundraising. That's their thing. Or go to the shrine. Do do that at the shrine or the Scottish Rite. But that may be that may be more up your alley. Um. So I'm not saying, uh, you know, rob Peter to pay Paul. Don't 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 kill all aspects of the fraternity just because you want to focus on fundraising or just because you want to focus on on right. education or something I like agree. that. Uh, be well rounded. So mm. so anyone that joins can find what they're looking for at your lodge. But but uh, I think I think to have a focus is very important. Season well, and that's what it is. Is we forgot our focus. And so we started focusing on that. Oh yeah, because we forgot, but we we didn't have a vision, so that became the vision. You know that I think that's the problem. That's what happened, in my opinion. Or well, is I, we didn't have a vision. So I've, that became I've said the this vision. before: is if if you look at like the 1950s around that era, when you had this huge spike in, in membership, and I think we probably all seen the chart at some point where you had the huge spike like the mid the yeah. 50s. These guys didn't just join Freemasonry; they joined they joined everything. Everything boomed. Yeah. Uh, Rotary, Kiwanis, uh, Elks Lodge, Lions Club, it all boomed. Uh, so the, you had these these this generation that joined all these organizations, but there was one. Got the there. other things. One was not like the others. So how mm-hmm. do you fix that? Well, let's just run it like the others. <laughs> and that's why you have lodges that are run like Lions Clubs, that are run like Rotaries. You got this inconvenient <laughs> opening and closing and this inconvenient work you have to learn. We'll yeah. get you through that so you can pay dues and then we'll yeah. focus on on that's right. Whatever they focus on, right? Whatever they focus on. Yeah. Caesar, I, I wanted to I wanted to we're really backpedaling here, but we were talking about something earlier. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh you were talking about raising the bar. Yes. Raising the bar at your lodge. And we were talking specifically about food, and it sounds like yes. such a minor thing, right? However, when we have a, a petitioner or even an EA or fellow craft, and they're, they're going through their next degree, um, we're, we're, we tell these people that these degrees are supposed to be very important. They're supposed to be life-changing, um, very solemn events. And then we feed them like a chili dog and, and tell them to go get go get you know go get ready <laughs> and uh, it, it's just raising the bar does it, it involves looking at everything that we do every every yes. minutia 
every detail yeah. and saying how can we how not only how can we approve this but how would this really how might this be perceived to someone that is expecting something marvelous what's it, what's it look like yeah yes when's yes, the so, last time you used silverware in your lodge yeah, yeah all the yeah. time like silverware like well not even that but that's nice for y'all that's nice for y'all <laughs> i wish we used silverware and plates and yeah. had napkins and do they have that in Goliath? did they did they have silverware do you know how to use it? <laughs> they hadn't. They hadn't made it here yet. Well, we we just eat cows because we're ranchers, so yeah, we, we just raw. take <laughs> South Texas sushi. But uh, um, something that I I have heard a practice and uh, uh-huh. that I I'll, I've always thought would be probably wise, but we don't do it. Is when you have a a candidate for a degree, he just goes straight into the ante room. Like mm-hmm. he comes in, he doesn't talk to anybody. He just goes into the anteroom and he sits. And he's supposed to read the book, or actually, okay, he's okay, to go okay. Through the book we read on the book, right? Sure. <laughs> but but my point is, what I'm getting at is a lot of lodges don't. He's Sorry. not being exposed to to anything mundane, right? And so he's not hearing the fart jokes. He's not right. hearing the goat right. jokes. He he's he he's in there. He's nervous, and that's okay um that's good yeah and, and he he's he's preparing himself mentally because everybody's right. just going to try to tell him that that don't be nervous this is something we all been through which is all true it's all true but i think with a with a rite of passage there's a certain a certain benefit to having some kind of nervousness and uh, yes. i think there are specific parts in the ea degree specifically that are intended to ease that nervousness at the proper time and so just take the guy, put him in that ante room. He doesn't hear, he doesn't hear anything that's going to sh- uh, shatter his perception or, or affect his expectations the other than what he's already perceived. I have a visitor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew it was a dentist who'd go to his yeah. house. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, sitting there in the dark, I, I, in a black shirt. I'm in a, I know, I'm, I'm, I'm the creeper. <laughs> but, but yeah, and, yeah, you and know- so. The, the the meal is is important. It's very important. We're going to right. I want to mention something. I met some brothers in from Juarez, this Juarez, this mm-hmm. uh, this past weekend, and I went and visited their lodge. I can tell you that if you don't run away, you deserve to be there. It's <laughs> the experience is is so awesome that that you experience when you even see that lodge for the first time you know when when you take those initial steps it's my gosh we are doing it wrong oh my gosh um you know we have a long ways to go we can we can always do better and and there's people that are thinking that as well and and so we're getting there but well i mean i think i think what what i'm getting from this kind of what i'm getting from this uh guys is is um the solemnity right there there has to be solemnity to it and it's a build-up it's a it's a build-up and and if you have enough of the members on board you can do that and you can achieve it and it's palpable when you enter the lodge room everybody's dressed you can tell everyone's geared up and you can tell everybody's ready and so yeah that adds to the mystique of everything that we're trying to accomplish because we are not like lions club we are not like like Iwanis and 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 uh, rotary and all that no we are unique 
As a matter of fact, most of them were spawned by members, you know, of the fraternity. They, they were sure. the ones who created it. And so um, when we forget that, and you were hitting upon that a little while ago, Dennis, you know, when we forget that and we lost and we lose our focus, now we're on our heels and we're now we're trying to regain that momentum, right? But if if you spend enough time with your members and the movers and shakers of your lodge and you begin to break it down and say, hey, what would that look like? Well, if you're a, if you were a a uh, a prospect coming into our lodge and we really wanted to impress the living shit out of them, what would that look like from beginning to end? From the moment he started attending our, our state of meeting meals and we started to get to know him from the moment we handed him an application and then the moment we finally it, it welcomed him through the doors to initiate him. What would that look like and how can we make every single step of the way just be awesome and worthy of the fraternity you know and our lodge mm -hmm. how can we yes. represent and that takes time and, and, and effort because everyone's going to have a great idea for us our chef hector right away hey i got the meals and i already know what i'm going to do because mm -hmm. this and as soon as he started telling us ideas we were like holy you're right that would be awesome we're going to go with that you got it. We'll get you some help. And, you know, and he owns up to that. And then, yes. so yes. It, it takes work and effort and a consistent focus, just like an exercise we've been talking about. You're not going to get the result unless you consistently focus and consistently continue to show up and pay attention to what's working, pay attention to what's not working, pay attention to your body, understand when you're starting to get burned out, when you're starting to get, you know, tired. Yes, what you got to yes. do and to in order to, you know, uh, relieve that, you know, sometimes brothers need relief, brotherly love, relief and truth. Like, hey, man, I, I got you. Right. So I, I get what you're what you're talking about. And um, it's very important for everybody to understand that and the communication to your to your lodge to be able to get that done, mm -hmm. to be able to consistently provide that message over yes. and over and over and over. I used to beat my guys over the head with that. You know, if, mm -hmm. if there were such a thing as a club with all those things written on it, I was just beating them over the head with it over <laughs> and over and over again until they started repeating the, some of the mantras, right? You kind of have to. So, yeah. With everybody. That's just yeah. normal. You just got to, it's all about repetition until mm -hmm. they get sick of it. Mm -hmm. And then they start repeating it. They and then they start repeating it. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yes. So, yes. Caesar, uh, at this yes. point, uh, I, I usually ask the, uh, the guests if they, uh, if they just had any final thoughts or just anything that was on their heart or on their chest that they, that they, they wanted to get to during the interview, but they didn't have the opportunity. Mm. If I had something that I want to get off my chest. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think, I think um, I can share with the fraternity and you guys. And uh, I mean, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm, I mean, it's an honor after all these years watching you guys on YouTube and listening to, to your podcast, you know, uh, on the way to work or whatever, you know, I, I, so it's fine. I'm finally here talking to you guys. So thank you. And, and I appreciate everything you've done and you know, you've added, definitely added value to a lot of Masons, including myself. That's thank number one. Oh, number you. two, number two to share with the, with the brethren. Yeah. You know, uh, guys, um, focus on the few, not the many. Um, when you begin to create value in your lodge and that value is consistent, the decision is going to be easy for the members to show up, including yourself. Mm -hmm. yes. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to set high standards, guys. 
Don't do not be afraid to set high standards, brothers. Um, what gets measured gets accomplished. I mean, that's these are obvious, right? But like, oh, why don't? How come we're not hearing this in lodge consistently from our leadership? Yeah, lodges can't be all things to all people. And the harder right. you work, the luckier you get. Why are we not hearing these types of mantras in our lodge now? Oh, but that's mundane. No, when you begin to focus on what I just said, it begins to become like highly esoteric, highly spiritual. Something begins to click in our little lizard brains, and it, and it's like it, it's like magic. All of a sudden, you begin to see things change. Yeah, and you begin your perception begins to change, all because and, and these things are baked into Freemasonry. We're the ones who yes. lower standards. These things, yes. Freemasonry is there. Uh, these standards are there in Freemasonry. Read Anderson's constitutions. Read the regulations, the old charges. Those standards are, are, are high. They're not low. Mm -hmm. So, Absolutely. so brothers, are. why do you continue to lower the bar? Why do you continue to want to lower the bar so that, so that you can fill the lodges up? I don't want my lodge full. I don't want my life full. I, I want, I want 20 people there. That's it. 20 people, 30 people that I know are going to be engaged. They love what they do. They do. They love what they're learning. They, they love and, and they cherish the possibility of becoming a leader in our lodge and maybe one day being in the East shining light upon us. Mm -hmm. That's what I have to say. I love it. Amen. Something, something you, you inspired me because something that I've always kind of thought is a, uh, cause I, I follow like, like Tony Robbins and yeah. Chuck and, and, mm -hmm. uh, um, Oh gosh, I can't remember the name, but there, there's several, there's several people out there like on Instagram and TikTok, And, uh, I mean, they're, they're the, they're the movers and shakers they're the influencers. They, they have, they have positive things to share growth oriented things to share mm -hmm. it's like where where are the guys in the fraternity that are sharing things like this here i am it's like it's exactly <laughs> exactly it's like there's there's if if you're if you're looking for that person it probably needs to be you right exactly so that's why i say you like you inspire me it's like because I, I listen to these guys but you don't hear it you don't hear it from other masons right and i think i think i think we need to start hearing these things in our lodges because these are all growth focused conversations these people are having so if we're not hearing them in our lodge are we having growth focused and i'm not talking about membership growth i'm talking about personal growth yes we're not having yes. are we having those discussions in our lodges? Yes. yes yes love it uh, very well put and, and and that's true and and uh, i gotta ask you brothers when would now be a good time to start doing that right when would now be a good time yeah exactly I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's like what yeah we should have been doing this you know two weeks ago but when would now be a good time to start uh, having these talks and being real hey th there's these uh, better business practices and all these these principles but wait a minute we don't apply no none of that to the lodge all of a sudden we can apply that to the lodge these things principles have been proven for thousands of years to work and some sometimes unfortunately Inside of a lodge, we have to be a hard ass. Mm -hmm. There is no other way around it. Heads have to roll because humans react that way. Not the, uh, the gentle craft and we're a gentle craft and all that stuff. No, hey, there's a reason why there's a coming. That's not up. why. Yeah, you know? that's not why what our ritual teaches. That's it's, not it's what like our ritual says. You have to run yeah. your lodge like a business yeah. while doing your best to maintain peace and harmony. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, sometimes you can't maintain peace and harmony. It just doesn't. Sometimes it's just a personality. You can't do it. But if you can't run your lodge like a business, you don't have to worry about the peace and harmony because your lodge is going to demise anyway. Yeah. Um, and if you, if you take this but, into uh, into what, what I've been uh, preaching about working out, body, mind, and soul, if you go into the gym and and there there is no peace and harmony in the gym, weights are banging and clanging, chalk is flying, there's sweat, there's probably more than likely heavy metal music, mm -hmm. and you're going hard and there's chaos. But but after about three or four months of hard work, wh where's the peace and harmony? Your body is chiseled. You have you you've lowered the weight, right? There was there growth can only happen through pain and suffering. Yeah. Then you get to where you need to, you know, what you need to get to. All right. Dennis, what are your do you have any final thoughts, Dennis? No, I don't have any. <laughs> I don't okay, have okay, any. So no. So <laughs> I knew you'd take advantage if I said no. All right. Just to just to bounce off of what you guys have already said because i i totally agree with this and you've heard us say this a thousand times and and um you know if you look at any public speaker out there that is worth their worth their weight um every one of them that is teaching you how to be better at anything whether it's business finance um <clears throat> how to how to work out how to do anything it starts with a plan. Mm -hmm. It starts with a plan. And that plan is based on the vision. So really it starts with the vision. With the, vision. And the plan is, is the vision is, is decided where you want to be. And that and they usually say you, you set out a three, five, and ten year plan and to 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 maintain that vision. And sometimes the vision will shift a little bit here and there, but the ultimate goal is success, right? Yeah. And so the vision is, is structured towards success. The plan is structured towards success. And if you fall a little bit short, you're still successful because you, you did something a lot better than what you were doing before. And ultimately, when you do that and you follow the educational portion of, of what we teach in Freemasonry, that's when the peace and harmony comes. There's, there's uh -huh. two different yeah. I have I have two different thoughts. So number one, when you're when you're running on all cylinders that's harmony you know you think about your engine and it, and it has yes. to run in a harmonic balance to 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 run properly and so when you're hitting all cylinders you're you're just sailing along and, and that's harmony but the peace comes from that internal feeling of i've been, i've done this right i've done this right i've done this right everything is going according to plan I feel at peace because the plan is working mm. because, because mm. I've, I've put that forth that effort, but because I followed the, the guidelines of, of what I set out before myself, that inner peace comes. And then whenever you're listening to somebody else, um, the second part to this peace and harmony thing that I truly believe in is peace and harmony is, is not just an end result. But it's also a, a mindset on how you approach your brother. You always want to approach them with the thought that they want the best for Freemasonry too. They just don't necessarily think it's the same way yours is. So you have to 
you have to show that brother love and understanding and just have the open conversations and debates to get you there, to get mm. you both there. Because, mm. because if you, if you can have those open discussions and debates and ultimately you're going to do what's best for the lodge and not just what's best for yourself. And that peace and harmony is, is finding, thinking about the best in your brother at all times. I have one last thing I'd like to say, and then I'll wrap this up. And that is, that I, I want to officially tell you that I, we will be extending an invitation to you when it comes time. Um, we're working on it right now. We've talked about it on several of our podcasts that we are going to have a, a um, we've spoken about the Masonic Improvement Movement. And Justin and I have talked about it and we are going to create a Masonic Improvement Movement and we're going to bring it to you guys out there. What we're doing is we're going to have a day of, of education and, and it's going to be nuts and bolts stuff. It's going to be esoteric stuff. We're going to have some speakers and then we're going to end it with a festive board and we're going to have a, yeah. a good time all around. We'll have, we will have a, a, um, we will have a dress code. You will dress appropriately because we're all going to dress like we were told to dress and we're going to carry ourselves like we were told to carry ourselves. We're going to learn together. We're going to be inspired together, and we're going to have Freemasonry. So we're planning on doing our first one in El Paso, and the time and, and, and date hasn't been set yet, but we have brothers that are working over there because we also have brothers in Mexico that are going to join oh, us. Oh, nice. Texas brothers, N New Mexico brothers, Mexico brothers. And hopefully a Californian brother, hey. and hopefully a Louisiana brother or two, or, or a Florida brother. You know, we've got all these people that that we know that love the same things we love, and we're going to bring it to you. And we're going to start making this a a very serious thing uh, coming up. So keep tune, keep in tune with that because we will uh, let you know as things progress. But that's. That's going to be the first one, and we will have one on the other side of the state as well so that we'll be able to reach brothers that they're not getting that Freemasonry from their local lodge. Okay. You know, El Paso's, El Paso's on an island out there. They don't get all the stuff that we get being part. And even I am closer than El Paso is from anybody else. You know, El Paso is a, it's a haul. That's a long yeah. haul. And we're looking for dedicated members to come and make it successful. We're just, that's why we're letting you know okay. now. But Okay, but it'd probably be about as far for you to drive to El Paso as it would be for me or Dennis. Yes, given where it's or at. me. Yes, it yeah, took twelve me hours for me. Drive, yeah, about it took me hours. ten hours to drive to. Yeah. It took me ten hours this past weekend to drive up there. Yeah, El Paso, and El Paso so, has a great Masonic community, and they just don't get the love. It does. They probably should. They. So I think it's a great place to start. There are some brothers there. Yes, there are some brothers there that are just so in tune with all of it, and they yeah. and and they're looking for that that connection that we have they want to feel that too and we want to bring it to them so brothers we're just letting you know we love you out there in el paso and we thank you for all your support you've been so so great to us and and we appreciate you and we're making you number one you're going to yeah. be our flagship you're going to be our flagship event and we're going to extend the the invitation to brother rubio and and hopefully he'll be able to make it out when we do it and of course, a, a few other of our our guests that we've had over the years, and and uh, it, it's going to be a fun time. We're going to have some great stuff going on. Awesome! 
we may even invite Dennis to this. <laughs> <laughs> I said may. Don't get excited. Don't yeah. get excited. I will I will pay any price for my free. That's a tentative. That's yeah, that's a <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. Well yeah. I just I just want to wrap up uh thanking thanking you, yes. Susan, for, for coming okay. on the show. Thank you, Susan. Uh this it has was been a great a show. Fantastic interview. Uh, I do after after listening to your podcast, it was going to be a great conversation. Uh, it did not disappoint. Uh, thank you so much for your support and listening to the show. If you ever want Dennis or I to come on to yours, uh, just just let us know, and we'll be happy to work something out. Absolutely. Um, tell before we go, why don't you tell the listeners uh, where they yes, can find please. you, and how they can get a hold of you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, th- thank you. Um, <clears throat> I'm on Spotify. I'm on iTunes. I'm on like four other platforms. Uh, um, so that's number one. I have an Instagram account if you want to follow me at, at Masonic Muscle. And then if you want to write to me, uh, give me your ideas. If you want to come on the show, tell me what it's about. I'm at Masonic Muscle 357 at com. And just remember, uh, my, my focus is very simple. I, I focus on the mysterious origins of, of Freemasonry while encouraging you brethren to increase your level of fitness one degree at a time because hey, to get fit you have to progressively increase right yes, the uh, yes. the intensity right and it is a progressive science kind of like something that we're involved in right uh, yeah, yeah we're right somewhere like that, isn't it? it it's amazing yeah. how that yeah. falls into place wow i mean incredible yeah. so thank you for that yes, sir well, thank you again for coming on, uh, Dennis. Yes, uh, it's been a great day. You, great, you night. did all right, Dennis. I mean, you did. <laughs> okay, you, did you don't, you don't, you don't have to applaud me or anything. I know I saved the <laughs> I show. Think it was, but okay. It wasn't. It wasn't for me being here. I know you would just, you would just spiral down. Yeah, you guys keep up the great you work, know, Justin. I think, I think that it's this conversation was inspiring. Both of you guys, you know, I, I got to tell you. Hmm. I, I'm inspired by this conversation and, and I can't wait to uh, dig into more of your podcast. Hey. I can't wait. Hey, I'm glad I added value. You guys have been doing it for years and I, I just want to chip in and, and, you know, I'm glad I added value to you guys. Right. Yes. It. Masonic muscle brothers. Go, go visit him. That's Make right. sure you hit the subscribe for us and then go hit the subscribe for him and show us your love. Love it. Thank you. Later brothers. Thanks again. Peace. Keep it between the points.